Welcome in to the Get Your Happy On Hour, featuring former Husker receiver Ricky Simmons. Hey, hey, hey. Welcome to the Get Your Happy On Hour. I'm your host, Ricky C. Simmons. Man, we're on 93.7 to take us to Get Your Happy On Hour. You know, I uh, had a lot of questions uh, earlier this week, you know, and one of the, the ones I got asked the most was, uh, how do you stay humble? And I'll be real honest with you. Please understand, being humble is not easy. <laughs> I've been accused of making it look easy, but it's really not easy. Um, being humble is, is accepting things sometimes that you're not real pleased with, but dealing with them in a productive way. You know, and life's going to throw adversity and all kind of controversy at you. That's just life. But when you can remain humble when things are going good, then remain humble when things aren't good, I think you come out ahead because for one thing, your stress level is going to stay down. And, you know, being humble, I don't know what it is, but I'll speak for myself. Being humble makes my life simpler. That may not make sense to a lot of people, but it's like, for example, you know, like say when you have a lot of success, you know, it's real easy to start kind of thinking that you're a little bit more than you really are. Almost like beating your chest, you know, like, yeah, yeah, I got this. And then something goes wrong. And then all of a sudden people remember when you were up, you were acting uh, like you were kind of beside yourself. And then all of a sudden you go, you get life humbles you. And then all of a sudden now, woe is me, you know? And when I say being humble, please understand, I'm not saying let people take advantage of you. I'm saying be very careful how you carry yourself and try to stay as even as you can throughout the ups and the downs in life. And the reason why I'm talking about this so much is because it's like the perfect segue to my guest. I got a guest tonight. I haven't known him a real long time. I didn't grow up with him. But from the short amount of time that I've known him, man, I mean, I feel like I've known him all my life. Um, Charles, welcome to the show, man. Thanks for having me, Ricky. Appreciate well, I got I got to tell people, first of all, uh, when I first met you, you know, and we're going to go back, but I just got to tell this story. When I first met you, I liked you right away because of your humility, you know, and and that's not easy for people to be humble, especially when you don't know somebody. But, you know, I was like, man, I, you know, I really I like what you're doing here. And you just, you know, you just, you didn't take no credit. You gave all the credit to the God, which I respect that, you know, but it was just, it, it caught me off guard because most people, when they go into business and start having some success, that's when they kind of get the amnesia mm. and start thinking that they're bigger than they are. But I never saw that in you. And I just want to say, man, you know, I think that's a that's something that needs to be recognized. So thanks for being Charles. <laughs> well, Charles, we, we're going to get right <clears> in <throat> this, man. I want to know. I want to know everything that you can that you're comfortable sharing with me. Absolutely. And I'm going to start off with where did you grow up? I grew up in uptown New York, Mount Vernon. OK. Bronx, 241st. Uh, 70 West 3rd Street, you know, uh, <laughs> out New York is all the streets out there. But, uh, yeah, humble beginnings. Uh, grew up in the projects. Uh, loved it, wouldn't have it any other way. 
Um, I think it it allowed me to be comfortable with, around so many different people, so many different cultures, so many different nationalities, because I grew up around all those people. Um, uh, grandma, moms lived in the same building, 70 West 3rd. Mom on the ninth, grandma on the second, you know, and then all of the families around, you know, it's just a, a close-knit uh, neighborhood family. We had our ups, we had our downs. Um, but one thing we I can remember and I really liked about it is, you know, if you was out of line, Miss Milton could slap you in the head and you would pray that she don't take you to grandma mom's <laughs> You just take that on the chin. Yeah. Say, don't tell mom. Yeah. And it, it, it kind of helped people, you know, stay in line because people cared about each other. So it was kind of like the village yeah, concept. Absolutely. You know, absolutely. You know, and I, I think, you know, maybe that's probably why, why we jail right off the top because mm. of your upbringing. Uh, growing up in New York, man, uh, what was that like, though, man? I mean, was that, was that I mean, if you don't Is mind, it, no, I mean, it was it, it was beautiful. It was everything. I mean, New York is uh is is faster than than any place. We got everything first. Um, it, it was just it was crazy. I mean, the things we did, I you you throwing me in for a loop here because <laughs> I'm thinking of all of the things like, you know, as youth. As as a young man, we did with friends like we would hop on the train and, and, and ride downtown. You know, we jumped the turnbuckle like six or seven. <laughs> That's things we did for fun. We jumped fences. Uh, I mean, all kind of different things. I can't even imagine. Um, and you know, and getting into trouble and things like that. But you know, all in all, you know. So you yeah. actually, uh, you actually went to high school in New York as well. I went, I went one year in New in New York, and then I went. To Connecticut. Oh, you went to Connecticut. So Hartford, Connecticut. I went to high school in Hartford, Connecticut. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yep. So now, after high school, what was your next move? I uh, came out to Nebraska. Just... Well, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Let's back up. Let's redo that. You went from New York to Connecticut, and then you you came to Nebraska. I mean, what brought you from the East Coast <laughs> to the Midwest? Like, you know, it's it's funny. Um, the culture, like I only had, I had one white guy in my high school. Um, and I just, I was sitting, sitting at home looking at the map and the Nebraska was dead smack in the middle. And I said, you know what? I could probably learn a lot about a different culture if I go out there. Huh? And that's kind of how it was. I didn't throw a dot. I was just a dart. I was just looking at it. Mm-hmm. I said, go out there, see what's happening. So you just, I mean, did you have family out here? No family. but uh, And then I had one guy that told me about it that came out here to go to school. And he said he just had a, a wonderful time. It was beautiful people out here. So that kind of resonated with all of the different places that I probably could have went mm-hmm. to, go to school. So that when was. you get to Nebraska for the first time, man, what was that like for you? <laughs> it was, you know, the first thing I could remember was the first night. And everything was just quiet. So I could, I, it, it's, it's crazy because it's like uh, I couldn't go to sleep because I, I never really experienced that amount of silence of quiet. Yeah, because New York, I'm sure it was noise all the yeah, time. Yeah, it was, it was crazy. I mean, you hear somebody, you hear something, somebody <laughs> yelling, doing something, but it was just, just silence. And yeah. I, I, I never experienced it. 
So that was like a culture shock almost. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know what? When I think about it, that's like, that almost make you nervous. Because <laughs> you're like, wait a minute, something ain't right here. Yeah. This ain't no noise. Yeah, it was something that, you know, you would probably never notice until, you know, it's just, right. it was just different. So growing up in New York, you was used to kind of like the hustle and bustle yeah, of yeah, life, you absolutely. know, and there was always a constant. Always somebody moving, always moving. Yeah. Always and, movement. And, and, and them trains, they run all the time, too. So I'm sure they producing a certain amount of noise. Then you just got people in general because New York is real heavily populated. Absolutely. So you had a lot, and you said you lived in a building. Yeah, it was a, it was five of them. Um, I don't know, thirteen, fourteen families a floor. Five buildings, courtyard, you know. Projects. Yeah, projects. I got you. And so how many stories? I'm just curious. How, um, how tall was the building? These were ten. These were ten, ten stories. Ten stories. Yeah. So you, man, you had hustle and bustle. Every day. I mean, wow. I, I mean, I don't know what that's like, but I got a great imagination. And I mean, I've seen enough on TV to realize that, and that couldn't have been really easy. But you get out here. What's the first thing you did? I mean, did you did you come out here to go to school? Yeah, or? Came out here, went to school. Okay. Yeah, came okay. Out went to school. Had a great time. Harper was the, was the dorm. Harper uh, Shram Smith. Okay. I know and where so Harper Shram Smith is. <laughs> I was in Ava Hall, but I know I, I visited uh, that place quite often. Yeah, man. Uh, shucks. Yeah, Harper was crazy. We had a lot of, I don't know if, what, uh, Alvin Jones was on that floor, uh, uh, Lawrence Phillips. Uh, so you basically came out here to play some ball, too, though. Yeah, I came out here to play ball, but that didn't work out. It didn't work out. Okay. Didn't work out. Okay, that's okay. That's all right. <laughs> it don't, hey, it ain't for everybody. Right. Yeah. So after after you got here and you you know you you did the school thing, uh, what was what was your next move? Uh, basically, I got I went to work at FedEx. Uh, I started uh, in the in the trucks throwing throwing packages. Got gotcha. 130 degree heat. Woo. I was, you know I was in shape, so it didn't, it didn't yeah. bother me. And then you know gave me an opportunity to do some, you know. Free access. Well, I get paid access. Yeah. <laughs> so FedEx, and how long did you stay with them? Well, uh, yeah, yeah. But I did the I did the uh, packages for about six months. Then they brought me inside to do secretary for about a year. Okay. And about a year and a half, I ran the outbound shift. Oh, okay. Um, for about, I think about thirteen years. Wow. Okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so. Yeah. So you got you got your you got in the door and you yeah, made something happen. Yeah, that was it's crazy how quick it. But when you work hard, you know that yeah, it's nice to be recognized. Well, you, and they, you, you had know, a work ethic. Oh yeah, oh yeah. That's and that always that's helps. Moms, that's moms. That's that's pops. They I didn't see them do nothing but work hard. Yeah, that was that now, was easy for me. You know, and we're gonna talk about your mom a little later. But I, I mm-hmm. do want to uh, ask you this: after you got done with FedEx, then what happened? Uh, I transitioned into demolition. Demolition. Yeah. Wow, that's a quite a change. Yeah, yeah. What, what made you do that? You just got tired of FedEx, or yeah, a little, a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. Want to try mean, something different? Well, and, and, and no offense to FedEx, but you know when it's a quick story about it. When you're no, take your when time. You're, uh, you know, my facility was number one and number two in the, the Midwest region for you know five six years. Okay, so when that when the, the recognition stopped and you know we 
things that you know things happening right politics, right 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 and we didn't appreciate the politics so it was time to you yeah. know, take my talents elsewhere yeah yeah well you got to do what you got to <laughs> do i mean i respect that more than anything so you go into demolition mm -hmm. and uh that had to be quite a change though oh man it was it was beautiful see i got a construction background from dad so and you know i learned how to build things so it was only right to learn how to tear things down Oh, I got you. I so, got you. Yeah, and it, and I don't know. I, I don't know anybody who wouldn't like to to tear something back. <laughs> <laughs> they just go be destructive. Yeah, get paid to do it. And it's you know it's one of those things. It, it's uh, really technical. Obviously, when you're taking stuff down, like for example, I had to go to Iowa and and uh, remove the middle section of the hospital. Okay. And if you know that hospitals don't close. Right, babies, they're having surgery, so you know I had to strategically take a four-story building down in the middle of the hospital while the hospital's open. So those type of things, people think, yeah, you just blow up something or you yeah, something down, yeah. but but no, there's you know, a it's, it's real, it's a real strategic thing. Yeah, some you know some of the jobs that you do in demolition, I I really enjoyed. It. So you and you did that for about how long? Another 12, 13 years. Wow. <laughs> One thing about you, though, when you go do something, you go do it. You don't just jump around. Huh? Right, right, right. Well, you know, I think that, first of all, I got to say, the fact that your work ethic from where you, from FedEx to the demolition, I mean, that had to resonate with you because that, that work ethic. I personally know that it still exists, <laughs> but we're going to get to that. <laughs> but uh, after you got done with this demolition, man, what was the next move after that? The next move was the, was, was the move. because uh, It was the move that, that changed everything. Yeah, it ch changed everything. Um, yeah, I, in the midst of being in uh, demolition, I, I lost my mom to cancer. Oh, wow. And uh, so... And in order to keep her close, I just I really started cooking the stuff she taught me as a youth, you know, feed my brother and sister. And it just, it just I don't know, it, it was a way to keep her memory close. Just So your mom stuff. apparently was really good in the kitchen. Well, I mean, I would say. Yeah. <laughs> we, no, all got it's, all it's we got proof <laughs> to prove that, that she knew what she was doing because of what you're doing now. But so you uh, you started cooking. Start, and started cooking in in honor of your mother. Yes. Okay. Yes. And um and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but so I'm so now I'm getting a little ahead of myself, but I'm gonna say after the the demolition, then you decided to start uh, a food truck. Yes. Yes. Is that, is that right, or am yeah. I wrong? There? No, that's right. I uh actually I have to give a shout out to my father-in-law Leon. Who, who you that's know the two-fisted <laughs> bandit, man. Come on. <laughs> you know, I, I told him I wanted to, wanted to get into the, you know, I wanted to cook. And uh that's really that's all I said. He found a found that truck you still see today in, in Sioux City, Iowa. Okay. And we went up went up and uh, picked it up and you know, the rest is kind of history. Well, you know, I'll be real honest with you. That's kind of when I really met you. And uh I think you were, I had a, a young man named Salah Smith. Salah, yeah. Yeah, Salah, he was calling me Uncle Ricky. Yes, sir. And he's from Texas, and he was up here, you know, attempting to walk on to the football program. And um, he was standing able. And I, he called me one day, Uncle Ricky, um, 
I'm about to go to the union and get something to eat. And I'm like, go to the union, get something to eat. He said, no, it's this guy over there, Uncle Rick. He, he, he can go, Uncle Rick. He can go. And I'm like, man, what are you talking about? You know, he's like, no, you got to try it, Uncle Rick. So I took his word and I came over and I think that's where I met you. Yeah, I and and uh, I was really impressed because we had a, actually, after you were getting ready to shut down your servant, we actually had some time to visit. Absolutely. And that's when uh, I think the connection between us was made because you was kind of giving me the backdrop because explain to me how you got in the union. Explain to the listeners how you got into the union because you was outside in the truck. Outside, yeah. So we had, they, they opened up a program where we could park outside the union and feed the students so the students would be able to come out to the different trucks. There was normally two or three trucks out there that would park and feed the kids as they would come out, and the faculty that would come out and uh, and eat with us. And so it started to get cold. <laughs> and the kids was like, hey, I, I, you know, I don't want to come out here and it's cold. So I, I talked to the powers that be and said, hey, we're probably going to shut it down and, you know, try this again. When it, when it gets nice outside, we'll bring the trucks back. And I think one thing that was different between us, I'm not sure about any other that, any of the other trucks or anything okay. like that. I just knew that we were really consistent. We were there when we when we said we was going to be there. We were there. We were there pretty much every day. That you know. And so when I said we we're going to leave, they said, "Okay, great. We'll see you probably next you know next season when it gets nice." And then about two weeks later, I got a call, and they said, "Hey, the uh, the students up here were really they really miss your food. They really like you to to come up here and maybe serve food." It's like, what do you, uh, what do you mean? He said, well, you know, we like to have you come inside and serve. It's like, oh, wow. So what do you mean? He said, well, you can come in this union. We'll set you up. You can serve Monday through Friday, serve lunch, serve whatever you want. I was like, oh, my goodness. Yeah, that's incredible. Hmm. So that's, that's how that came about. Well, you know, th- for them to even invite you in. Yeah, I don't think any any other establishment has ever been invited in to cook in the student yeah because they got places already in there yeah yeah yeah. and that i have to add too that they were under steak and shake and chick-fil-a were under construction oh okay so they had valentino's they had runs i believe the chinese place but they added us in while that was under construction so that was another deal i think that's why we were outside in the first place okay so then they brought us inside well, and I think they allowed us to serve for over four or five months. Well, I'll tell you what, you made a, a really, really good impression, man, because uh, people was, I mean, every time I would come up there, the line was always really long, you yeah. know, and uh, that's impressive too, because uh, people don't like to wait, Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but people were willing to wait. Yeah. And that, that's one of the things that kind of really impressed me. But I was like, wow, I mean, these, these people are waiting and they're not complaining. Well, that, I think that was really pivotal in what we do today because it it gave us training on how to prepare food, keep it hot, transport it, and serve it on a daily basis, you know, from, you know, 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Mm-hmm. So, <clears throat> It's a lot more to pe- more than people think to actually prepare food and transport it. But we got to do that every single day, you know, for five months straight. 
So it, it actually really honed our skills and to be able to get into, you know, I, rem- I remember the Air Force called us. They wanted us to cater for 500 people. I had no, I said, no, there's no way I know how to, I don't even know how to do that. <laughs> but, you know, now after yeah. all of this training and stuff, if you told, if you asked me to cater 500 people, yes, no problem. No problem. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I'll say this, man. You, uh, you definitely, as they, this old cliche, you took the ball and ran with it because you ran from the union. And then next thing I know, you, uh, you started setting up at different locations. Yes, sir. So I know Cornhusker was one of the spots you was, you was set up. And yes, then sir. next thing I know, you're on the other side of town out there. What? Capital Cigar. Capital Cigar. You, you set up there. And uh, one time, I will, re- I do remember this real vividly. You set up at Capital Cigar, and I think you was, you had posted that you were going to be there from like four to to eight or something. Mm-hmm. But man, I got out there about three o'clock, thinking I'm going to be early, and I was <laughs> I was like the fiftieth car. I'm like, man, he ain't going to open for another hour. It was crazy. Yeah, so it was crazy. And I, you know, and I noticed right then and there that you know that the people was really liking what you're doing. You know, now you, how long did you start? Did you keep going around like that? I mean, just different locations. Well, let's see. We started in 2017, September 2017. So 17, 18, 19, and 20. So basically four years. Well, till this day, we still go yeah, around a bunch right, of places. Right. But uh, <clears throat> in 2020, kind of around the time you was in that line with the 50 cars, yeah. it – uh it was time for us to expand to a brick and mortar. So that's what, that's what we did in the, in the middle of the pandemic, in the middle of. And that, you know, right there, that, that says a lot too, because when COVID hit, everything kind of shut down, you know I mean? And, and you, that's when you went into the brick and mortar. I mean, that, <laughs> <laughs> I mean that's that have been the smartest thing to do, but you know, I just, Oh goodness. I, I just, Well, hey, look here. Hold on. Before we get to that story, we're going to take a quick break, and we're going to come right back on 93.7 Tickets to get to have you on hour. We'll be right back. Get your happy on hour featuring former Husker receiver Ricky Simmons. And we're back. Man, I'm going to be real honest with you. I was just sitting here over during the break and I was thinking about some of the information Charles and Cher with us, man. My guest tonight is Charles Phillips. And for those that don't know, man, I'm going to be honest with you. We're going to talk about some things here in a few minutes that uh, you really need to pay attention to. But I just want to kind of recap what we talked about already. You know, you grew up in New York, kind of the projects, went to Hartford, Connecticut. And then out of all the places you could go, <laughs> you chose Lincoln, Nebraska. 
after that, you went through FedEx. Then you went to, well, after you went to school, then you went to FedEx, then you went to demolition, to food truck. I mean, dude, you got to have a lot of confidence. <laughs> you got to have a lot of confidence to make these type moves the way you making these type moves. And again, a big shout out to your father-in-law. I call him the two-fisted bandit. But, you know, that's my guy, and uh, I'm glad that he went and got that food truck because, man, it's been turning into a, a really big deal for you. Absolutely. But right before the break, you were saying something about you opened a brick and mortar right during the, pan- during the pandemic? Right that- in the middle of it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm not trying to be <laughs> no, funny, man, not, but no. everybody trying to get away from people, and, and you opened up a <laughs> Uh, a brick and mortar. I mean, explain that process, man. What what were you thinking? Well, when you when you say that, um, twenty twenty, what what I can remember was looking at looking at our calendar. I'm looking at our calendar, January sixth, January seventh, and I remember having half of the year booked in events. Oh wow! And okay. I'm like, oh wow, this this food truck season. This year, this yeah. is gonna be our year. Yeah, we're gonna, we're gonna do some things, and so I just knew we could have some fill-in dates, and it would be a really awesome year in the food truck. And then you fast forward to March, and then all of those events went away. Yeah, so um, we're still food trucking at this point, but now the uh, the transition, and one thing that I thought was really and we, we argue to this day who whose uh, idea it was, either my wife's or mine's. I think it's mine's. She <laughs> thinks it's hers. But that first year in 2017, when it got cold, I believe I said, well, I'm going to do a drive-thru in the food truck. And she says it was her idea, but I, I, <laughs> I digress. Big shout out, son. <laughs> so in 2017, we had, we believe, the first food truck drive through in the nation, but I don't know. I haven't done any research. But so when the pandemic hit and everything shut down, we went back to that, you know, that winter. Oh, well, we'll just do the drive through. You know, we can keep everybody at a safe distance. You know, everybody can drive up and stay in your car safely. And, it went absolutely crazy. Right. You know, I don't know if people knew we had to drive. Some people obviously did. But, you know, when when you looked at it, it differentiated us from all the other food trucks. Correct. Because it did. you could drive drive up and get your food and stay safe and take it on home. Right, right. And so that really, that really went crazy. So in the midst of that, we were so busy that we – almost had to make a move and and get something bigger. So that's when we found uh, 2801 Pine Lake Road, Sweet B, on 27th and Pine Lake, our brick and mortar. Wow. You know, and to be real honest with you, man, when you got in there, um, I think that place used to be called Teriyaki Madness. Yep, Teriyaki Madness. Yeah, and then you guys took over. And, when I, you know, when I first found out where you were, Y'all didn't just stop right there. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. like I say, y'all got a lot of confidence because y'all immediately, I mean, shortly after y'all got in there and, and got the doors open good, then y'all were already looking at the space next to it. Yes. 
<laughs> Can you tell us about that? I'm not. I'm, I'm not the brightest. <laughs> my my ambition and my drive, my determination is big. Well, my money's not as big sometimes. So I understand. You know, but but you know, it's it's like uh, when I saw the space, I had a vision. Just like when I saw you know the the food truck and all of these things. That when when you have those visions. I believe that, uh, you know, through faith, um, if I put the action behind it, you know, there's one or two things that could happen. It could work or it could fail. Right. And, I, and I'm right. not, I'm, I, I've never been too concerned with, with failing, but I will put the work in. Right. And so if, if you put all the work in and it fails, I'm okay with it. Well, one thing I, I got to admit, and I was talking to you about this during the break, we both got this. Uh, we both got this situation. <laughs> Our quit buttons are broke. <laughs> we don't know how to quit. <laughs> Quitting is not an option, Man. so it, it has to work. Man. And I, uh, you know, when you took on, uh, when you when you saw that other space, and you told me what your vision was. Yeah. And I, you know, and I was like, okay, you know, I like the concept. But now I need to see how it's going to happen. Right. And then, before I knew it, it happened. Yeah. And with this, uh, tell us about, tell everybody else about the space. Yes. So, as you know, Mary Ellen's is on 2801 Pine Lake Road, Suite B. But there is a Suite A right next to it. Um, and when I first saw the space, I envisioned it. It didn't have a patio. It didn't have a, it was actually Chirac Innovations. But the first time I walked through it, I envisioned garage doors. I visited, well, actually, it was a 100-foot outdoor patio, but we, we, we settled for 60-foot. But um, <clears throat> And we thought it would be an uh, interesting event space for people to come, you know, to do smaller events. Actually, last night we just had um, Scott's uh, 50th birthday party. Shout out to Scott. Happy birthday. Happy birthday, Scott. Um, his, I think his birthday's this coming Thursday. His wife did a surprise birthday party that was absolutely out of this world. I'll probably be posting pictures, if not tonight, tomorrow. But uh, shout out to Scott. But we've been able to provide a space for so many different people, wedding rehearsal dinners, um, what do you call it, uh, baby showers, diaper parties. I you mean, even have high school graduations. High school graduations. Yeah. We have the, the volleyball team, the baseball teams. They have a space to go where they can hang out. And, and and be themselves, and we we're, we're uh, lucky to provide that for them. And also for adults, absolutely, you have uh, you have a liquor license yes, too, so you're able license. to serve alcohol. Absolutely, we have a full bar. We can serve the restaurant and the event space. We do have a sixty foot outdoor patio, unlimited parking. Uh, it, it checks a lot of the lot of the boxes. Yeah, well, I'll be real honest with you. It's a really nice facility. I mean, any of you have never been there. I think it's worth just going by and taking a look, man. And, Absolutely. And uh, I think you'll be very impressed with what he's done out there and what he's still doing. Uh, you know, I uh, I was just thinking back, like, man, since you got this brick and mortar, you started doing even more events away because a lot of times I would stop in just to say hello. And, man, Charles going on. <laughs> Charles going over here. Charles going over there. I'm like, man, this dude's getting hard to catch. Some of the Share with us some of the places that you've, uh, some of the larger events that you've done. Uh, well, I think we've done, uh, I think this is four years. 
that we uh done the charity golf event with uh Larry the Cable Guy. Um big shout out to Larry big, the Cable big Guy. Shout out to Larry the Cable Guy. And not only I mean we've done a lot of things with the celebrities, but I'm more I almost get more excited when we could work with the, the local companies or the companies that are here because I get to feed the people that, that I see every day, the people like me. So when we get to go and do like Lincoln Industries and we get to go feed, you know, not only the the four o'clock shift, but the, the four in the morning shift or the midnight shift. Right. Or right. we go out to track the supply and we feed all three shifts out there. Those are the things that really resonate with us. You know, we, and we we don't take it take it light that we get to go feed the men's basketball team or the or the men's football team or and when you say men's basketball team and men's football team you talk about the Huskers talking about the Huskers what go Big you Red the Huskers go Big Red <laughs> go Big Red go Big Red congratulations <laughs> on their win yeah that's a big win for them and um I'm glad we got a bye week too so that they got time to regroup and get ready for the second half of the tighten up yes. but you know when you started doing the Husker things, you didn't just do it once. You, you kind of got in rotation with them. You know, I give all the glory to God, but yeah, we have, we've had uh, some, some guys down there that really have taken a, a liking to our product and we appreciate it. And we uh, actually were going Wednesday to feed the team again. So, See, that's what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, we, we appreciate it. We give all the all glory to God. We appreciate it. Thank you. I see Huskers Wednesday. Yeah, you know what? I really believe them Huskers is probably doing a little pitching for you too. Like. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> hey man, can we get Mary Ellen back out here? But, we appreciate it. But hey, look, we're gonna take another quick break. Then we're gonna come back with Charles on ninety three point seven. The ticket to get you happy on hour. Do not go nowhere. We'll be right back. Get your happy on hour featuring former Husker receiver Ricky Simmons. And we're back. Hey, uh, I gotta give a big shout out right quick. I got a few shout outs, man. Ashley Sean, I appreciate you showing love, checking out the show. I got my homegirl over in Germany, man. She'd be everywhere. Carla, thank you, man. I really appreciate you. You just don't know how much. Uh, Chubb, Manuel Hurd, you'll be on the show next week. Appreciate you uh-huh. tuning in. Chubb. Yeah, and thanks for the shout-out, uh, too, man. I appreciate that. You know, it's it's really nice when people take time out of their, their day to spend time with me on this show. I mean, it's Sunday night. You know, there's a lot of other things you could be doing, and I just want to say thank you. I also got to say thank you to Charles. I mean, dude, you, you came thank in you. here and and share a lot of stuff that I didn't know and I, I needed to know. And I think the the viewers are appreciative too because like my homegirl Carla is all the way 
Oh, in Germany. I don't know where she at. She said Germany. She might be in Croatia. She ain't no telling. But Carla's listening, and I appreciate that. You know, and for her to say you're a success story, she's a person that knows success. So, I mean, a lot of people understand what you're doing, man. And I just want you to know that I appreciate you, too, because I'm real big on giving people their props now. Uh, kind of like what I did, said last week when I had Eric Small on the show. You know, I mean, I like to give people credit, man, because I don't want to wait till after life's over and then start telling stories, you know. Give you give your flowers while you're here. So, you know, I, I, I got to say this, though. Since both of our quit buttons broke, I know we ain't going to give up. And I don't ever want you to give up, Charles, because you're doing big things, and uh, I'm real proud of you, and I just want to say that. But I always ask all my guests one question. Everybody know about me. I need to know how you get your happy on. <laughs> well, uh, how I get my happy on, Rick, is I, I like to uh, – I'm kind of the same as you. I like music. So, I, you know, we got a nice little – sound system i actually got a dj background but that's another story <laughs> 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 no wait dj but, uh, travis <laughs> but, <laughs> but i got a, a nice little system in, in the house and i like to you know get get a nice beverage of choice and a nice selection of, of music and and just turn it up yeah say, say turn get, it, get the head turn, turn it up where you can feel it <laughs> yeah and that's you know that's that's how i get my happy that's all right man i mean like i say y'all Music does it for me, uh, not so much the latest music, because I, I think I'm more, I'm more old school. I, I like music that I can understand. I mean, not that there's nothing wrong with the new music. Right, right, right. I just don't understand. Yeah. But uh, music kind of bridges the gap for me. And I'll be honest with you. You guys are uh, taking y'all time out. Again, I got to thank y'all for that, you know, because this show would be would not exist if you guys didn't take time to listen. Uh, it just means a lot to me, and I just don't want you to ever think I take that for granted. You know, again, big shout-out to everybody that's listening. I'm hoping my little brother down in Texas is listening. Brad Taylor, I hope he's listening down in Forney, Texas. Uh, big shout-out to him and Shauna Mayberry because they've always supported me as well. You know, this thing called life, it doesn't come with guarantees. And uh, since it doesn't come with guarantees, I make it my business to try to live each day as if it's my last. Because one day it will be. And in the meantime, I want to enjoy life because I wasted a lot of time earlier in life with bad choices. And uh, I've been blessed to have another chance at this thing called life. So that's why I'm always jovial and laughing because I just appreciate everything that most people take for granted. And with that being said, I got to give a big shout out to Ben. Because Ben stepped up tonight. You know, he's uh, yes, sir. he's over on that board, man. And uh, I mean, I just, I'm I'm impressed because cause he's, you know, he, he, he's handling his business. And boy, to make me, make me look good is a, full-time job over there and he's doing it so i just want to show love to ben and say thank you and austin you gotta if you're listening i know you got a new boss in the house and uh, i just want to say congratulations man on your son and congratulations austin yeah keep doing your thing and 
Just know it's the new boss in the house. As long as you know that, you'll be all right. Again, y'all, I just want to say thank you. I mean, you can never say, you know, I think we've forgotten how to say thank you in our society. A lot of people, they just take stuff for granted. I mean, I don't take anything for granted. So I'm going to say thank you every chance I get, you know, just to show love and appreciation for you guys taking time out of your busy day, spend time with us. And Charles, again, man, I know you busy because every time I see you, you going, you either going this way or that way, but you, man, you put it on the schedule and you made it here, man. Absolutely. So I just want to say thank you for that. Thank you for having me. I appreciate that. I always wrap my shows up with the same thing. Every day you blessed to see, it truly is another day in paradise. And no matter what, you got to get your happy old. Thank you again for listening tonight. I'll see you again next Sunday night. Manuel, I'll be looking for you next Sunday night. Y'all have a great evening and stay positive.